Hello, and welcome once again to Thought Architecture. And now may I introduce your host, Justin Onope. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, apologize for the bad accents. I don't know what's come over me. Perhaps it's this 17th cup of coffee today. <laughs> um, probably, probably... Uh, could cut back on the coffee but don't take me on that okay don't don't listen to me because i'm on coffee or not on coffee okay don't make your judgments about me like that <sighs> judge me not out of context okay so today what i wanted to uh go into is a simple model to to understand everything and uh that sounds kind of vague so let me just jump in okay more often than not we engage in dualistic thinking the idea of uh, polarity, good and bad, right and wrong, black and white, da-da-da-da-da. And very, very seldom um, is it actually worthwhile classifying things in this way. It actually, uh, I, will, I will say to you that it um, propagates a lot of negative thoughts, negative feelings, and actually creates a lot of problems. If you've ever heard this quote, uh, I believe it's a Buddhist quote, which is uh, when you, you know, being angry at someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to suffer. And it's very simply put that there's a cascade of chemicals and emotions um, that go through your body when you feel good or you feel where you feel bad and guarding your, your thoughts, your emotions against this type of thing or learning more about them and learning how to uh, feel them and then move out of it rather than get caught in this kind of cycle. Um, when you're in this, uh, this mindset, this space that there is either one way or the other way, and that's it. There's only two options on the table. As soon as you only have two options, we have problems because you get into this dualistic thinking where you're either with me or you're against me. There, there can't be anything in between. And when that happens, there's issues because you start to disregard nuance from the context and you start to you start to actually see the repercussions in your emotional states as well it's either it's either god's on my side or god's against me uh, no that's a problem it's either this is for a purpose or this is meaningless no that's not necessarily the case either so the the upgrade that I'm recommending in terms of mental models for you to organize information is instead of saying if there's something that's good or bad, right or wrong in your mind, is to upgrade it. Now, very often, the upgrade that people get is then the spectrum, where they say, well, it's not all bad. Let's say it's 10% bad and 90% good, or it's 20% bad and 80% good. And they create this kind of sliding bar but that's, again, a zero-sum game. On the first one, we're saying it's 50-50 and that's it. In this one, we're then modifying it to say 20-80 or 10-90 or 60-40. And again, it's saying that, well, there's only two elements that are involved. So again, I will say the sliding scale is a very, very, very bad way to think about it because it's still going to bring up a negative quality for you where you're like, oh, yes, it's still less 20% bad and therefore I don't want it. I'm not going to accept it. It's still bad. You know, it's less bad than before. Sure, I'm grateful for that. Oh, gratitude, gratitude, woo-woo. But 
the idea is that you still have this element of negative, negative reaction to something because it still has a percentage that's bad. So the first thing that I'm going to say is a strong belief that I do not believe that there is such a thing as good and evil, as right and wrong. Okay, so this is a now coming into this idea of morality and ethics. And I know I could be ruffling a few feathers, but hear me out. Okay. If you are hyper-religious or somewhere on that kind of uh, spectrum, let's say, or in that field, the idea of right and wrong is laid out very strong and very clearly. What I will suggest is that these aren't necessarily mandated laws of right and wrong, but they are guidelines for living harmoniously in a group. Okay, And so instead of saying right and wrong from this moralistic perspective, we can say acceptable versus unacceptable. What is acceptable to you is unacceptable to others. You know, um, killing someone like this in this way, in this manner, well, that's unacceptable. But killing someone in this way, in this manner is acceptable. So straight away, euthanasia, according to some people, is unacceptable and others it's acceptable. It's already a gray line and that gray area then you start to get philosoph philosophical ideas and you know moral questions that come into play and again i reject all of them i'm coming back from this place of what is acceptable and unacceptable to you is usually the strongest point what can you accept and as soon as you become a person who can accept everything um, you stop resisting a lot of things you can still have preferences but accepting something means not that you agree to it, but rather that it causes no friction in your mind, in your perception, in the way that you make sense of this data. You can still choose your behaviors on top of that. Like, for example, if someone mugs me, I can, I can accept it. You know, I have no issues understanding this person. What they're doing is true to their context. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to fight or press charges, or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm still going to participate in those behaviors, but I'm not going to get as upset as perhaps I would get if I believed that this person was evil in some way, that they had the devil inside them, or they were beyond retribution, or whatever the case may be. So, coming from this type of belief that there is no such thing as good versus evil, you know, there is no literal devil beneath our feet, okay? We can then come at it from this place of acceptable versus unacceptable. And things like this evolve according to shared perception as well. Like, for example, in past times where there wasn't a strict law around age, consensual age, for example, when arranged marriages were much more common than they were uh, at the moment. Uh, sorry, then, uh, yeah, what was I saying? marriages, uh, consensual marriages versus arranged marriages, when arranged marriages were more of a thing, the age of consent was negligible because it didn't matter. Because your consent wasn't needed to arrange a marriage between two rich noble houses or whatever the case may be. It was a political marriage. And so age of consent literally be, was age to have a baby, which was a lot younger than what it is today in some areas. And so we started to uh, put those ages up. But even then, countries can't agree on it where 
yeah, generally agreed, if you look across the world, you'll find 16 to 18 is more or less age of consent. But then America still has like a no under eight, a no under 21 drinking policy in most of its states, which is, again, just baffling to most of the world, let alone Europe, where, you know, you'll you'll be giving beer to 14 year olds and it's OK within moderation with a parent nearby. So, again, I'm challenging these ideas of right and wrong and I'm putting in these ideas of acceptable versus unacceptable so that we can create nuance. So originally I used to talk about dials. I want you to imagine dials. A dial that goes from zero to 10 is a simple way to understand it. Instead of a light switch to flick on and off, we've got a dial that goes from zero to 10. Okay, so I can dial up love to eight out of 10 and I can still have hate on a separate dial rather than I have all love or all hate, i.e. the absence of love is hate and the absence of hate is love. I can only have a light switch that turns on and off or it's got a dimmer between love and hate. Love and hate are not the opposites. They are not the opposites of each other. And to say that they're the opposites of each other is, in my opinion, a little naive and it's fine if that's the simple model that you need in order to make sense of the world around you so that you can just recover and um, recover from your trauma. That's fine. But at a certain point, you are going to need a more complex model to base your perception of reality on. And so imagine two separate dials of love and hate. You can still have your dial of love turned up to a nine and become angry with someone that you love and violently oppose them and turn up your hate but your love isn't turned down you just have turned up the hate and so you can turn down your hate at any point in time but i believe it to be a natural state of the heart to love rather than to hate hate is normally brought in with disagreement and love is going to be a natural state but it's still there and so we're we're very protective of who we allow into our hearts because they will automatically get love from us automatically but hate is something that we don't want to feel because it, it's almost like we're, we're saying, well, I clearly hate this person and therefore I can't love them. And that is emotional reasoning. Just because I feel it, it means it's true. And again, emotional reasoning is very, very poor thought architecture. It leads us down some very bad roads and it doesn't serve us and it doesn't serve the people around us very well. So we can exist in these two states of love and hate simultaneously if we understand that they are two separate dials. So where do we put all these dials? I want you to think about an emotional um, mixing board. So I, initially I thought about it like, think about a sound engineer, all the little dials that they have. But sound isn't something that's visual. So I wanted to create a more visual metaphor. So the metaphor that I want to create for you is a lighting board, a lighting technician um, in a theater or at a professional concert, imagine you're famous, a famous singer like Beyonce or something like that. Imagine the light, lighting board that the lighting technicians have to have to be able to handle that kind of show, the lights. Each song has got different lighting requirements. You'll bring up the lights on certain parts, bring down the lights on certain parts, things like that. And so I want you to think about the lighting technician's lighting board and different emotions Different feelings, different concepts are going to be on a 0 to 10 intensity. Okay, so let's turn up the love light and let's turn down the hate light. 
Now, when you think about that, you could have different qualities or characteristics, not necessarily speaking about emotions, but you can also have a one section of the lighting board for emotions. Another section of the lighting board is going to be for um, you know, social skills. Another section of the lighting board is going to be for your daily habits. Another section of the lighting board, etc., etc., etc. And so this morning I woke up and I was feeling particularly tired. So fatigue was turned up. Why? Because I turned up intensity of exercise a previous day. So just like one, you can't just have crescendo, crescendo, crescendo in a, in a song. You know, you, you can, but that's a certain style. But it's nice to have some fluctuation, some variance. And so let's say you have a slow song and then you have a, a very intense song, you know, and then you have a pop song, a dancey song. So there's fluctuations. And so part of the fluctuation is that after intense exercise comes muscle fatigue. And with that comes, um, you know, the uh, let's say the fogginess, the cloudiness of thoughts, you know, mental clarity is turned down a little bit because of this. So the result is that we have lighting board presets as well, which is what our particular emotions are regularly set to when we see something. So let's say I come from South Africa and I respond heavily to uh, overt racism. And so it's going to pre-program a particular emotional response where I'll turn up rage to 8 out of 10. I will turn down empathy. I will turn up this. I will turn down this. I'll turn up this. So I've got these presets. My ability to challenge these presets so I can decide on how I want to respond is very important. And if you listen to the previous uh, episode where I talked about um, uh, the inhibition part of the executive functioning of the mind, we inhibit behavior. It's actually something that's in us to inhibit behavior. And if anything, emotions will override our cognitive abilities. Emotions will override. It's principle number two of the human operating system. Take, you know, take a look at that podcast episode as well. That that particular episode where I talked about it is part of this as well. So I'm just double clicking on that. So just to to recap, we've talked about this idea of uh, don't have a light switch, don't have a dimmer between two things, but rather see a situation as multiple things all tuned into a certain level. So instead of seeing one situation as, oh, you're either with me or against me, you either love me or you hate me, or a dimmer, while you 20% hate me and you 80% love me, that still means that part of you hates me. You know, like that's very polarizing anyway. So I, I find the spectrum idea or the dimmer switch, let's say, to be redundant. It's, it's not helpful. But instead, if you've got a lighting board of emotions, well, right now, I feel sad that we're having this agreement, 5 out of 10. I feel love for you, 8 out of 10, because I love you. I feel anger, um, you know, 3 out of 10, because you're pissing me off, because you're just attacking me. And I feel... Um, six out of ten disappointment that you're coming at this so violently without kind of stopping yourself to take a break to allow us to reset these emotions. Um, I feel a six out of ten um, uh, drive or need or intensity um, to take control of the situation because I feel that you're going a bit out of control. So I don't need to make my point right now, but what I need to make a point of is that we are not having the best conversation that we could have, that we are having an emotional conversation. 
And usually looking at that type of thing allows you to get to then the second layer of things, the meta emotion. And so I'll leave meta emotions for another day. But suffice it to say that when we're in this situation and I take stock or take inventory of my emotional dials, I usually identify the emotional dials of the other person and realize that the emotions have trumped logic. This person is not arguing with me to prove a point. They're, emo they're arguing out of uh, a need, a need to feel heard, a need to be right, to be validated, to be accepted or whatever. And that's how we can both move through this argument is by meeting those needs versus arguing logic with emotions. Shouting logic at each other isn't going to get anywhere, but rather we're going to build on this by acknowledging the emotions first, calming down, resolving the emotions, remembering the connections, and then after that, then layering it in a way where we can't necessarily turn up the emotions again. Let's say, write your arguments down on a piece of paper. Learn to identify what the other person's points are and why they're coming at it from these points. Maybe there is a logic that the other person is missing, you're missing. You don't know. And definitely you're, you're not going to be vulnerable and open to sharing that in a heated argument. So all that being said, this was the episode on the emotional model where we're going from the light switch to the, the dimmer switch to a complete lighting technician board. Okay, so I want you to think about it from this perspective. If you are going to step up to be a lighting technician, there's a lot of a, a learning curve that you need to go through. You need to learn each of these dials. You need to pay attention. It's a study, but it will bring amazing Ooh, excuse me, too much coffee. It will bring amazing results into your life and allow you a capacity to lead other people out of pain that you care about. Whether or not they choose to upgrade to a lighting technician or not, that's up to them. And if you're listening to me right now, it's up to you to upgrade yourself first. That is a big, big deal. Okay, well, that's it for this episode. Let me know what you think. Once again, if you disagree with me, tell me why. Once again, if you're confused about how this connects with other things, let me know. Let's address it. Let's talk about it. Because all of this is to bring in a connected, integrated, holistic way to understand human thought architecture. I'm your host, Justin Nope, and this is me signing off. Sayonara.